Welcome to Manic in Miami. This is Holly, and I'm back with part two with Dr. Scott Fisher here at Siegel Trials, who runs all of the psychedelic trials for psychiatric research, which is very exciting. So thanks so much for being here again. Thank you again for having me, Holly. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Scott Fisher. I am a psychiatrist. I'm also the lead facilitator, trainer, and clinical program manager at our Center for Psychedelic Research uh, here at Siegel Trials. Um, so we are what's known as a clinical trial site, which basically means that we do clinical research. Uh, we do mostly work in mental health, um, and our Center for Psychedelic Research is specifically, at least at this point, focused on mental, emotional health sort of problems. So what is depression exactly? Recently, the chemical imbalance theory was all but disproven scientifically, right? So what do you think it is? Yeah, that's a wonderful million-dollar question. Um you know, there's a lot of different ways of potentially answering that. We can say that from sort of a anatomical standpoint, a physiological standpoint, what's happening in the brain uh, for depression, we are, I think at this point, still very far from a good answer, even though for many years, uh, you know, a lot of scientists have been trying to help answer that question. Um, and it's from probably at this point just our technologies to really understand the brain and our mechanisms for understanding the brain aren't advanced enough. The brain is such a complicated organ um, and it, the, the kind of dynamic function of these, you know, 100 billion, you know, nerve cells, neurons that you have in there and, you know, the trillions upon trillions of, you know, connections that they're making. We sort of at this point have settled on a very, very rudimentary way of diagnosing depression. Um, and I don't think it's often understood by maybe even some professionals, much less, you know, um, you know, just kind of the general layperson, so to speak, how rudimentary this is and how far it is from really accurately probably representing what's happening. Um, it's, it's symptom or criteria-based diagnosis. So um, there's the DSM, which is um, sort of the book of diagnosis used by psychiatry and often by psychologists. Um, and these sort of symptom-based diagnoses tend to have the general rubric of if you have, you know, certain number of symptoms, you know, in the, in the case of depression, if you have, you know, five symptoms, you know, feeling down, unable to feel pleasure, happiness, feeling tired, uh, having sleep disturbance, appetite disturbance, maybe thoughts of suicide, uh, cognitive, you know, th there's a bunch of different symptoms that can go into the diagnosis. If you have these symptoms over the course of a long enough period of time, in the case of depression for two weeks or longer, persistently experiencing that, um, in the absence of any other sort of clear instigating factor, you know, substance use thing, a general medical problem that could be causing this, um, then that is defined as an episode of depression and you have major depressive disorder. Um, so depression episodes can also happen in the context of bipolar disorder or other sorts of problems. Yeah, so it isn't always major depressive disorder, but an episode of depression is pretty standardly kind of defined. Um, but 
you know, it's really worth knowing that's kind of a very artificial way of diagnosing it. Why five symptoms versus four symptoms? Why two weeks versus any amount of time? Um, there's, there's actually pretty arbitrary how these have been chosen. And so from that standpoint, you know, we're really trying to get more of looking at things on a continuum. Um, using labels can be helpful, but sometimes I think really miss the forest for the trees. There may be meaningful reasons people are experiencing, you know, and, and that's where kind of the psychotherapy aspect can, can come into play. That's where the psychedelics, um, people often have the subjective experience um, during and perhaps after, you know, taking the psychedelic where, um, there is kind of a psychological or emotional or sometimes even a spiritual experience that has a particular meaning to that person. Do you find that reflecting on the subjective experience during the psychedelic trip or journey is something that alleviates some of these symptoms of depression? Yeah, I think very often, you know, many people find that what they experienced during their journey is something that they reflect upon afterwards. Um, not necessarily uniformly. Um, we definitely have had, you know, a lot of participants that, you know, look at their problems with depression or anxiety as a brain, you know, or body problem. Um, and, you know, to be corrected with a drug. And so they look at, you know, psilocybin or LSD as a drug that they're taking that is going to fix their brain problem. And, you know, to that extent, like probably that is one really valid way of looking at it. Um, I tend to be sort of a both and rather than either or. So looking at sort of the sort of objective sort of, you know, th there, there clearly is a drug effect happening physiologically, bi biologically. I took psilocybin yesterday after work. I, I admit, I read this article, um, medical research about emotional empathy in psilocybin, and how it really can bring out emotional empathy, which unlike cognitive empathy, is the ability to really feel what someone else is going through. So I went into it wanting to have emotional empathy for a kind of bad situation that I was in. And I wanted to move beyond it by really embracing emotional empathy for someone that I was in conflict with. And it was almost like my mind wouldn't let me go there. I was laughing a lot more than I thought that I would be, but it was kind of a laughter of like a relief. I ended up realizing that rather than focus on someone I was having a problem with and trying to harness this emotional empathy, really what's important are people, you know, who are in my life now, who are positive. And a good friend of mine in Miami, who, Bianca, who actually does my hair, she's a really amazing hairstylist, but I received a text message from her, which was so heartfelt and sweet, but it said, I care a lot about you, I don't know why. <laughs> and... <laughs> It was so nice, but I found it so funny. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know why either, really. Like, <laughs> You know, I also saw a text message from a friend who's in Maui right now volunteering. Um, and I was just like, wow, I'm so lucky to know her. You know, she's such a, a wonderful person. So often we also see people will have an experience where... Um, for instance, we had um, a person in our drug trial recently, um, one of our psilocybin trials, who remembered a time 
when they were um, 11 years old and they had a really just incredible summer um, where they spent it with you know family that they loved and they met these new friends and there was this just sense of power and freedom that um, really then became absent in their life afterwards and they remembered how it felt to be that young person and they realized well maybe um that person is still a part of me and still able to be connected with and elicited to and this felt very empowering very hopeful for someone who had been struggling with depression for so long and maybe had come to sort of identify with you know these kind of symptoms and almost an identity of depression of, of this being part of that person's life so um there are you know, it's just such a wide variety of experiences that can happen with the psychedelic. A psychedelic literally means mind or soul manifesting or revealing. Um, so to the extent that, you know, you know, a lot of us share many things as part of the human experience, but clearly we're all, all our own unique individuals with our own stories. So if someone's taking a drug that is really bringing out something very unique and individual about them, then you know, there's going to be every person's different with their journey there are some underlying factors being examined sometimes for instance um, emotional breakthrough is looked at as one potential subjective healing mechanism that could be examined so people feeling like they're able to finally face emotions that they were suppressing or avoiding people fully experiencing emotions that then they feel a cathartic release afterwards um various sort of mechanisms there where they feel like they're breaking through some sort of emotional pattern um, that had been ingrained. Um, That's one, you know, that we'll we'll do, uh, we'll ask them afterwards through like um, kind of these measures, you know, how much did this experience reflect, you know, those sort of concepts. Um, Psychological insight is being another one where, where people will recognize, oh, like, you know, I recognize that, now I had ingrained this thing that my mother had done and that kind of somehow had perpetuated, you know, my depression, you know, that inner voice that had become kind of people, you know, very often, you know, aren't able to see those things very clearly. And a psychedelic can sometimes give these sort of aha, you know, like light bulb moments like, oh, um, you know, and, and these things can happen, you know, just to people at any point and, you know, in a psychotherapy, but, you know, psychedelics, um, we think maybe are doing that, um, you know, on a more common basis. And then, uh, another, you know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, sort of a spiritual or mystical type experience where people all of a sudden are taken often out of kind of this, their general sense of being a separate kind of human being self disconnected, you know, from the universe, where they start to see that they are part of, you know, some sort of unity, something that is all connected, uh, and something that maybe means something very beautiful, you know, and, and people can have deep feelings of love or bliss or peace. Um, and could that be a healing mechanism for, for some people as well? Um, on the other hand, there are people that can have challenging experiences with a psychedelic and can feel paranoid, can feel you know, devastating, you know, difficult or challenging emotions. Um, and, we so far don't feel like we see this too often in our drug trials because we do the preparation. We, they're very highly, you know, we, we, we do commonly kind of have intention setting being part of our preparation sessions and suggest to people going in with some sort of loose intention of, you know, what you want to get out of this. And some people will just say, I want to feel better, you know, that's fine. And other people will be like, well, I want to, 
you know, understand my depression or, you know, I want to look at this problem I'm having in my life. I want to figure out something about my career, someplace that they're maybe feeling stuck or have, you know, a question that needs answered. Um, and we tell people, you know, this is a loose intention setting. Don't necessarily expect that it will be directly yeah. served, although it might be, and it might be really, you know, what you kind of dwell on during your dosing and, and kind of examine more. Um, but it might not. It might go a completely different direction. And it might also be that your intention is getting served by a very unexpected way, which I, is kind of, I think, what I'm hearing, you know, um, may have happened with you. Yeah, with me, it, the the intention was served in the sense that, you know, just forget about this and allow yourself to be happy instead of dwelling on it. So it's kind of that did serve the intention that way. And I will admit, you know, things changed. I was crying, this emotional empathy. And then for some of it, I was just, I could not stop obsessing over how cute my cat is. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, so so I, I think that we do see that some sometimes what will happen. Um, or that, you know, the, the, the trip will take a completely different turn that, in no way was related to their intention whatsoever, but was still somehow important for it to, to happen that way. Um, but also hearing just like you connecting with certain aspects of, you know, your environment that, you know, really brought you into the present moment yeah. in really meaningful ways, whether it's, you know, really admiring the beauty, you know, of your, of your cat and, you know, what that connection can be so powerful. Um, you know, the, you know, here in South Florida, you know, there's, you know, beautiful nature that we can access um, and maybe don't always, you know, in our busy day-to-day -day lives, take the time to, you know, connect with, you know, or go to the beach yeah. or things like that, you know. Um, people will often kind of have these moments of like kind of simplicity where it's like, oh, like there's really easily accessible moments of joy or peace or connection or presence to be had in my day to day that um, they can have during the dosing session and maybe thereafter that can be part of their integration yeah. to, 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 you know, spend more time with their pet, you know, in an, an intentional way to, you know, spend more time in nature. Yeah. You know, people will often will feel more connected to nature afterwards. I could look out and see that in the darkness, lights from a building were lighting up this beautiful, similar tropical tropical flora outside of the window. And I was laughing at that. I was like, why am I covering this up? It's so beautiful. I'm covering it up with like fake curtains of the same thing that's real and out the window. And I started thinking about that kind of metaphorically and I found it so funny, which is kind of some psychotherapy, right? Your therapist can point things out and recognize things that you just can't see yourself. And I felt like that um, the psilocybin kind of did that for me last night. Do you think that psychedelics could, in certain people, prevent suicide and suicide attempts? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I know the answer to that question. But, um, you know, let's say it, it does turn out like it, you know, the, all the promise that it's shown, you know, for instance, for treating depression, you know, MDMA for treating post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, if, if these really are, you know, providing healing mechanisms for, you know, these serious kind of emotional and mental health um, sorts of problems, then it would make sense that, 
it, it's possible but um there's really at this point no no data that would necessarily support that but um we don't necessarily have a lot of interventions in psychiatry and mental health right now that have been you know shown to really help reduce the risk of suicide there's only a, a really a handful um so that's an area that we really you know want to have better treatments and i would hope that you know psychedelics might represent you know a promising area there yeah rather than just prescribing an antidepressant it's sort of a combination of using a psychotropic substance in combination with therapy vary and mesh together rather than separate. Is that kind of how you would view it as well? Yeah, so this is like, I would say like a kind of, I don't know if controversial is quite the right word, but there's a lot of differing opinions on kind of what um, should be packaged in with a psychedelic sort of drug treatment. Um, at this point, you would have very few people saying that someone should just be able to go to Walgreens and get their prescription for LSD and go take it however they want, you know, without any supervision. So the model certainly seems that it will be that someone will get, you know, a careful evaluation. Like you would have to do probably for any, you know, sort of psychiatric evaluation, regardless if it's going to be for a psychedelic or not. Um, but, you know, just as in-depth as any other sort of psychiatric evaluation to make sure someone is a suitable candidate. Um, and then to have some sort of preparation session with, um, you know, a therapist or someone who you know knows a lot about the psychedelic being used and can kind of help, you know, tell the person, here's what you experience and for it to be taken in a supervised, you know, sort of clinical setting. The FDA is not really used to evaluating psychotherapy as part of the drug trials. And at this point, we haven't really gotten much indication that they have much interest in delving too much into that although it's clear that many uh many people there recognize that the psychological support um is likely a very important part of the safety and perhaps of the effectiveness you know uh, mdma is likely to be approved by the fda knock on wood um for post-traumatic stress disorder within the next year or so it's at least um the, there will be a new drug application submitted um probably very soon by the sponsor of those drug trials uh the group uh, called MAPS, or the Multidisciplinary, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Um, and they right now seem to have a model where it's, you know, two therapists, multiple drug treatments, you know, it's really quite labor intensive. So um, it's, I think it's wonderful for the people who are going to get that treatment to have that level of support kind of well, maybe not the final but another thing that comes up for me now is like are there specific diagnoses that might benefit from more kind of interventions other specific people with specific types of problems that need more support there um you know there's there's kind of a wider body of evidence so showing that even for like say standard antidepressants um people tend to do better if that's combined with psychotherapy so um i think you know medicine psychiatry in general um there's been a lot of focus on i think using drugs as kind of the standard of treatment um and that is probably due for a lot of reasons um that that has happened but you know more and more i think people are recognizing that that alone doesn't work for a lot of people um i guess another question i have is what kind of trials do you have coming up here and how could people locally get involved? 
Yeah. So if people are interested in, you know, kind of seeing if they're eligible for our trials or referring, you know, friends, family, going to our website would probably be the best way. SiegelTrials.com, S-E-G-A-L trials, T-R-I-A-L-S.com. Um, it's very easy to go to that website and kind of be able to navigate, you know, and, and kind of enter your information and someone will call you. You also find our phone number on the website where you can call. Um, so we are currently actively recruiting for three psychedelic um, studies. Two are for medication treatment resistant depression. So where people have tried two or more antidepressants and not really gotten an adequate response to those drugs. Um, so that's why they call it kind of medication treatment resistant depression. Um, one using psilocybin uh, as kind of the, the, the thing that we're investigating for the treatment resistant depression and another one for 5-MeO-DMT, which is a different type of psychedelic. Um, so those are two kind of what we would call like studies for a clinical, you know, population, people suffering from depression, people who have not gotten help from two or more antidepressants that they've tried. Um, we're also recruiting for a study that, um, we would say is more recruiting for what's called like a healthy population. So people who haven't had, uh, really any previous kind of mental health problem or diagnosis or treatment, um, people who are in good physical health, we're, we're really not looking at the effectiveness of it's, it's also for 5-MeO-DMT. We're not really looking at the effectiveness of this for a specific sort of problem, but really just looking at safety of, uh, of the drug being given in uh, what's known as kind of a clinically healthy population. So that's another one that we're recruiting for um, as well. Um, so the few friends I have um, who do not have mental health problems could possibly participate. Yeah. Just kidding, kind of. <laughs> I just keep thinking of the Zoolander line. I don't know if you remember the movie Zoolander with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. And Owen Wilson, Hansel's character, he comes back from like some island and he's like, we were just tripping with monkeys or something, changed our whole perspective on shit. And it's like... <laughs> And it's so funny, but I think it really does. And actually, one last thing. What is the certification that you received um, in psychedelics uh, in San Francisco? Could you, what is that exactly? Yeah, so I in 2018, I did a certificate in psychedelic therapy and research at the California Institute of Integral Studies, which is in San Francisco. And so that's a program designed at... Um, mostly kind of clinicians, I think also some, you know, religious um, kind of clergy, et cetera, are able to participate in that program as well um, for helping kind of know about the different psychedelics, how to do the preparation, the dosing, the integration. Um, so it's really targeted that one at kind of mostly healthcare uh, workers. Uh, that was one of the kind of the first programs and one of the main programs still at an accredited institution. But, um, you know, as these become approved treatments, we're likely to see, you know, more and more people wanting to offer this sort of training and things like that. Yeah. That is wonderful. So thank you so much for taking the time again. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. My cat's really cute. Um, try it out. Maybe participate in a trial. I don't know. Um, and thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate you know spending this time with you. And um, definitely for any of the listeners who, who have questions or want to get involved, definitely go to our website and, uh, and uh, get more information.
Great. Bye, everyone. Thanks.